appreciate all of you coming. And uh, let's just be the church that Jesus died for. There are a lot of things out there that are really not Christ. And I always want to inform you of that. I hope you don't get tired of me telling you those things. Because I think it was Peter that says, uh, or it was Paul. It was Paul or Peter, one of those guys. I used to know exactly. But uh, he says, uh, for me to say the same things to you is not tedious, but it's safe. It's safe. And so I don't want to be uh, tedious. It's safe to always remind you of who you are and what you have and then what you're able to do with that. So um, I, I, I had this, uh, this idea several, by the way, before I get, jump into this message, well, I've already jumped in, so before I go further, I, I do want to thank Pastor Tim. I saw him earlier. He is somewhere here. I want to thank him for what he did while we were gone and making sure that things were facilitated right. And, and our sister Vanessa was in charge of the office while I was gone. And, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, she's somewhere doing something right now. You know, the, the song, God is doing something right now, that's Vanessa de Jesus. <laughs> so, so she's doing something right now. So if you don't see her, she's, she's doing that. And I want to thank our elders, too, for just really being amazing elders. You, you, you men are just amazing elders, and you need to know them. And uh, as a matter of fact, every elder who's here, why don't you stand up and just wave at the congregation? Yeah, wave at the congregation. They, they do a superb job. Come on, wave at us there. Way better, sir. They're, they're, they're doing a superb, superb job. And um, I, I would say there's no ministry around the world that I've, I've been a part of that has an eldership like these elders. Amen. And I don't say that if you're watching. I'm not trying to make you mad at me. All right. Question. Question. Can I be like Jesus? Uh, that's the question I think we should ask. And when we know more of Jesus, then we, we get more excited about who he is. And that's why we want to always teach you uh, concerning Jesus and not do some of the things that many churches do. Now, we're not here to bash churches. We're not bash church bashers. But some churches do things that almost are therapeutic sessions where they come in and give you a good massage, show the massage. And if you need to, they'll give you a full body massage. You go out, come back for another one next week. Uh, I, I really... I'm not trying to be cute and put that down. It's just that there's one thing and one person that we need to know. And I learned that from, uh, from growing up in the 70s. I grew up in the 70s where uh, messages, pre preaching had a lot to, was formulaic, you know, was a lot of formulas and steps and, and, and just maybe methodology. Okay, this method and that method. And I used to sit down, I was fairly intelligent, and would, you know, was able to uh, uh, comprehend very complex things and ideas. But that was confusing to me. I, I thought Christianity was not designed to be this complicated, where you've got to remember these X number of steps to faith and these X number of steps to hope and these X number of steps to this and that. And uh, I just thought this is, this is nuts, you know, because I wasn't per se coming against any particular preacher, but I thought that's just not good because if there are seven steps to faith and you don't know but six of them, that means you don't have faith yet, you know, and so, and so I, I just did, didn't want that. I just didn't want that. It's just not that complicated, and so the Holy Spirit just revealed to me, made it so richly known to me is that, and we, this is what we teach in the fellowship, one step. We don't teach the five steps, six steps, eight steps, ten steps. We teach one step. Get to Jesus as fast as you can. Get to Jesus as fast as you can. 
And so that's what we do here. Um, so when we ask the question, can I be like Jesus, the answer is obviously yes. That's the answer I'm anticipating because, uh, and this was not a part of my little note package here, but in John chapter 17, you find that Jesus is praying. And in John chapter 17, he's praying for himself, he's praying for his disciples, and he's praying for uh, us, the church, who would uh, come to God through uh, the teachings of the disciples. And uh, he, he's talking to God, and he says, that these have kept your word, your, your word. Now, so one day I decided, let me look up that word thing. There are more, more uh, words for words in the Greek than we have maybe. And so I looked, it was the logos that kept your logos, that kept your general revelation. They, they, they had really laid hold of the general, uh, general revelation. And then there was a place in there, and a few sentences down, where Jesus said that uh, to, to the Father that, uh, what you gave to me, you gave me your word, and I've given it to them. And I said, well, let me look up that word. And it, Jesus was saying that God had given Jesus a rhema. He had given him a specific word that was specifically for him and his ministry. And you know what Jesus did? He turned around and gave it to his disciples. That blew me away, seeing that. I mean, that's huge. He said, I, I've, given him, I've given it to them, and they've received it. What you meant for me, I gave it also to them. So Jesus had... had has and had the authority to give to us whatever the Bible says he's given us eternal life because God gave it to him as a possession. He said, I'm going to give it to them too. And so this is what Jesus has done. Jesus is so amazing and awesome in every facet of being. And uh, I, I asked the question, can I be like Jesus? Because sometimes we think, well, no, I can't be like Jesus, man. Jesus is way up there. Well, that is, you'll never be Jesus in the sense that, that you will be the unique, uh, only begotten Son of God or the unique Son of God in that regard. You will not ever be that. But God's intent through Jesus was to have a multitude of sons just like him. Amen. I... I'm telling you, blown away is not really a strong enough expression because that's what Jesus did for the disciples and thus he has done it for us in that what God gave him, a specific rhema word, this is yours. He says, I'm giving it to them. And he's given it to us. So uh, you can change the world. I'm always talking about changing the world and you know how that came about as a little kid, I think in a tomato field. So looking at the sky, I wanted to change the world. Didn't know what I was talking about. But somehow God put that into my, my heart. And God has put things into your heart that you have not discovered yet. I, I, I want to say that one more time. God has put things in your heart you haven't discovered yet. You have to continually walk with God and walk in obedience. And then you will become, you will, you will become a, an explorer, a discoverer. A discoverer of new things. Um, you can change the world, but first you must know what God wants. You cannot change the world subjectively. We, oh, you can, but it would not be for God. But you want to change the, the world objectively. That is to know what God wants. All right? Know what God wants. And this is what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. I fear lest, how, lest somehow as the serpent uh, deceived Eve by his craftiness, 
so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Now, now notice how he says that. I fear lest somehow. Now, what he, he is, in my understanding, this language says that this is not normal that the enemy can uh, corrupt you. That, you know, but he says to the Corinthians, I fear lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Simplicity is for a Greek word called uh, uh, haplotis, uh, and I sometimes have problems with these Greek words. I'm sure you do too. But it means a singleness. It means uh, a sincerity uh, without any self-seeking. So th there, there's a simplicity that is in Christ that's not self-seeking. Like, I really want to be great for God because I want everybody to notice me. You know, I, I want to be great for God because I want to be a wonder in the world. Man, I want to go out and cast out demons and I want to just lay hands on the sick. I want to empty hospitals, you know, that kind of thing. And so, but he's, he's saying that, that that's really not what God wants. God wants a singleness. He wants um, um, a bountifulness. Uh, he wants to bestow upon you and me generously, or to use uh, one of Sister Kemp's words, she used to use a lot of copious bestowal, a very powerful and copious bestowal of himself upon us. So he, when he talks about simplicity, he's talking about singleness. That is something that is two parts and they're folded together to become one. I, I, my, my mind goes back to a slice of bread when I was a little kid and put a piece of, I, I would like to say ham, but a bologna. <laughs> put a little mayonnaise, a little bologna in there and fold that over. It's a singleness. It means to be clear and to be single-focused, single-minded. So, so, so that's what God wants. You have to find out what God wants and then give it to him and don't allow the enemy to bring up quote unquote good points which are not good points bring up some point you go well yeah well let me think about that no let's be singleness and purpose and of mind and let's receive the, the bountiful bestowal of liberality and simplicity and singleness that God wants to give us he wants to make you as it were single-minded. He wants to make you Christ-like and Christ-minded. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 26 through 29, he says, Paul talks, you know, these are some of my favorite verses. I use them often. He talks about the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed, uncovered, or bring, uh, brought out of the hidden places uh, to the saints. So this is something that God wanted you to know. God wants you to know Jesus like you've never known Jesus before. God does not want us to have an idea of Christianity. God wants us to have the person of Christianity. That's what God wants. So, so, so the simplicity of Christ has to be, doesn't mean that we are simpletons. It means that, that we have the understanding that God wanted us to have. We are single-minded. We have been folded together with him. All right? We are clear. We are clear in our thinking. We know who we are. We know who God is. That's what he is saying to us. And so now he says that this mystery, 
which has been hidden from ages and from generations. Just think about that, eons and eons and eons, and from generation to generation to generation, but he revealed them to you. I mean, think about that. God wanted you to know something. Remember Sister Stephanie said, God is up to something. God is up to something right now. He's doing something right now. He's healing somebody, you know, uh, doing all these things. Can you give me another one? He's saving someone, healing, you know, moving mountains, giving somebody clarity. You know, he's doing something. And so God wanted you to know these things. If, I, if, if somebody has a, a, a bevy of good things and they start to bring them out, I've saved these for you. I'm going to have some respect to that. I'm going to toward that. I'm going to have respect for that. I'm going to know that I am I'm special. I'm privileged, as it were. And God has done that for the saints that, that you are. And listen to what he says. To them, God willed to, to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. This was like Gentile dogs is what we were called. You know, not worthy of anything. But God wanted to do something for the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And what God wanted you to understand is that all of this was about inclusion, bringing Gentiles into sonship. Can you imagine that? God bringing Gentiles into sonship. So you and I are now uh, uh, sons of God. We are, we're saints of God, sanctified ones, set apart ones. That's who we are. Let's not minimize that with, with stinking thinking. Let's don't minimize that. Let, let's accept what God has done for us. And it's really not about us. It's the simplicity is in a man named Jesus Christ. And that's what God wants us to be clear in who Christ is and then who we are as a result of that. In verse 28, it says, Paul says, him we preach. I, I love that. Him we preach. Not uh, as it were about him. And I know that we, the way we use uh, English language, sometimes we have to kind of bring in about to make sense of the, of the gr grammatical construction, you know. We have to do that. But as soon as you can, tell him it's not about him. It's not all about, roundabout. It's the person of Christ that we teach. And when you talk about peace and joy and long-suffering and faith, and all, the, all of those things are one person. They're just one person. So in the, in the 70s and, and 80s, when we heard all that method, preaching and steps and formulas. I said, God, this is too complicated. It, it, it's, it, it wasn't meant to be so complicated. And God says, no, it's about one person. It's all that I want you to know is one person. So I, I love the fact that medicine, I used to wonder, what's wrong with these doctors? Oh, not that, uh, that I have bad doctors. But, but you know, they would spend a, a, almost a lifetime studying the thoracic region. Or all those years studying the head. All these years of studying, studying, studying the, the backbone. Are you serious? Yeah. So why should we learn all these steps and formulas? Why don't we just learn the one person? Rather than trying to find all of, you know, the you know, uh, the, the X number of steps to hope, the X number of steps to faith, the X number of steps to peace, the X number of steps to joy and, and patience and all that. Why don't we just learn to one person and, and know that patience is a person, has a name. Patience has a name. So if I learn this person, I learn all those 
aspects of the person as well. I hope I said that clearly. Yeah. So that's why we teach Christ. Well, can I be like Jesus? Yes. I, I can be like Jesus because Jesus has bestowed copiously, that means generously, uh, himself upon you. So our goal is not to have a lot of things. Our goal is to have him. Him. And so Paul says in verse 28, and I will close there um, uh, here with verse 28. He says, him we preach. Now, this is how he preaches. Warning every man. So there's a warning aspect in the gospel. Warning every man. Teaching every man in all wisdom. In all wisdom. So I'm, I warn and I teach. So when we talk about things that are warnings, because there are a lot of traps for the church. My dad told me one time, and I, and I know you all know all my, my dad's sayings better than I do now. But my dad told me one time, he said, son, if the devil hasn't damaged something good, he hasn't done anything. So the, he said, don't be surprised. The enemy is always after something good. He said, he's got the other stuff, son. So don't be all messed up because the devil damaged somebody that you know this good. Now listen to what he says. So there's a warning. Be sober. Be vigilant. You have an adversary of the devil. That's a warning. But he says, but we also teach you the good things of God, every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect or complete in Christ. We, we uh, Perfect, that is complete. Um, mentally, morally, uh, and, and come to a full age or a maturity. This is what God wants us to do. And so you can be like Christ if you'll allow the preaching, the teaching, the songs that we sing, the prayers that we pray, you'll allow those to bring you to complete adulthood. That's what God wants. It's not really all that complicated. It's beautiful, and it's all found in Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Father, thank you so much. We just uh, love you and we appreciate you. It's been a good day, a short message, but a good day. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would reveal to your saints uh, that they can be just like you. Um, they don't need entertainment. They don't need a massage session. They can be like you. And uh, Jesus, where you, you travel far and near, you, you came to the people of Israel and you taught them and you blessed them and you went to the dispersed of Israel. Now you're sending us to the peoples of the world. We can be like you. We can be like you in patience and love and caring. We can be just like you. So I want to thank you for everybody here and, and uh, ask you to bless them, bless their lives. And if there's somebody here who needs the salvation, Lord, work on their hearts and, and we'll come back in a minute and, and share that with them. Amen.